Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. I'm Richard Steenan, Chief Research Analyst at IT Harvest. I write books on IT security. I work with IT security technology providers on their go-to-market, and I'm a trusted advisor to VCs and private equity firms. IT Harvest is an industry analyst firm that covers over 3,700 vendors in the cybersecurity industry. Today, I'm joined by Benny Lakunashak, who is co-founder and CEO of Zero Networks, and we're here to talk about the problem with VPNs. Welcome, Benny. Thank you. And it's a difficult uh, last name to pronounce, so appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. Hey, probably a, a great way to introduce the topic is, is you know, really introduce uh, what you were thinking and what led you to create Zero Trust and, and found Zero Networks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a lead product in the Microsoft EDR team. And uh, I just saw, you know, Microsoft, regardless of what you think of their EDR, is, I, I believe, unbiased, I'm saying, uh, one of the top EDRs. And as I saw, many of my customers got breached. And this is not just for Microsoft. If you, even if you are, you know, CrowdStrike, any EDR, really, you will get breached. This is something I've seen all the time. So I understood that the root cause of why attackers are winning was not solved. And predominantly, that was the free open network within an organization. And as an extension of that, there are other things that relate to that, which is how do attackers get in from a networking perspective? And VPN is one of those main things. So we set out to build a platform to solve all of that, which in this podcast will you know, focus more on the VPN external connectivity piece, but we have all of that. Got it. Yeah, so let's talk about the how we got there. The corporate architectures of the last 20 years have, have been this widely distributed corporate network, and we needed people to get access from wherever they were traveling or during COVID at home, work from home. And that the classic way to do that is having a big appliance that can basically connect a lot of VPNs into the organization. What's the problem with that? Yeah, I mean... It's a good question. And again, the the fact that the port is open is the problem on all things that have software on them because and relying just on the layer 7 authentication and understanding what you can do is simply not enough. That's how we see. It's, it's funny that it's all very common that an attacker somewhere or another can get to a port, port meaning not the physical port on the switch or router. I'm talking about the you know, communication, TCPIP port or UDP port, once they have that, they will find a vulnerability on the other side of that port, whatever application is above that, and find a way to hack it without authentication. And that's like immediately more than half of tactics of how real attackers, ransomware, and other things just spread. So you have to close the ports down. And that's a very difficult task. Specifically on VPNs, VPNs are... Uh, you know, servers that have millions of lines of codes, those tons of bugs, and, you know, a remote code execution vulnerability is essentially a bug that you can exploit to do something. That's all it is. So the attacker, once the port is open, just it's a matter of time before they find a vulnerability. And they just need the port open. And that's the problem with the VPN. You 
essentially, with how they're built today, you have to have the VPN server port open to the internet and every dog, you know, and every, everywhere in the world can try to hack you. And as a matter of statistics, you know, there's tons of these vulnerabilities, like just in 23, 133 VPN vulnerabilities, RCEs, remote code execution without authentication, were out there. And if you didn't patch, I mean, Ivanti is a recent one, there's the 41. It's all, all the time happening, you know, attackers will get in. Yeah, and this is totally in the news lately because the U.S. federal government through CISA has ordered federal agencies to disconnect Ivanti VPN appliances. This came out on February 1st, and they gave them till the weekend to do it. So pretty urgent, and I assume not a good look for Avanti. But there's plenty of other VPN solutions, Fortinet in particular, that have had issues in the past. A couple others that have just chased the company around as it got you know, broken up into pieces. And, you know, the new owners became liable for the the old vulnerabilities. Let's talk about solutions and how you and Zero Networks approach the problem. Sure. Before I explain that, actually something, a funny comment on exactly what you said, adding to what you said. I mean, yeah, Ivanti and others and Forty just had that. Forty, I think, had 300,000 plus appliances unpatched. And that's crazy. And that also happened uh, to Cisco this year. So, like, the big ones, you know, they're too big to fail, I guess. So the government will not say, you know, replace a Cisco, but they will tell you to patch. And uh, Ivanti are not as fortunate as that, so they're smaller, and they just say, okay, just throw that away and put something else. But realistically, it's all of them. Like, Cisco is, you know, let's say it's one of the biggest network security companies out there, and it also has that. And so, so how do you solve that to your question? So the way the market that has evolved, uh, that's called ZTNA, Zero Trust Network Access, has solved it, is to put a reverse proxy inside your network, wherever that is, on-prem or cloud. And then that communicates outbound from your network to their cloud service. Okay, And then you, need, you don't need to open anything inbound because there's always, you know, the tunnel is the response to your initiated connection. So the organization doesn't expose anything, any box or concentrate or, uh, to the internet. And then when you try to connect, let's say the, the agent of that ZTNA solution vendor connects to their cloud service. And then what it does, it piggybacks on the open tunnel to that reverse proxy inside your network without the opening port without opening that box to the internet, just because it has an outbound to that cloud instance of that vendor. So it has this tunnel reverse boxing inside. Now, essentially, that sounds great, but it ha- it creates, because of the shift in the architecture, instead of a direct connectivity peer-to-peer, which the VPNs allow you to do, which are not zero trust, you shift that towards this tunnel and it's a very different architecture. And it actually creates other issues that people, I think, now are becoming more aware of after this has been more common in the last few years. And one of them is, first of all, this is much slower. You're going through someone's cloud, which is not necessarily in the same even continent. Or, you know, there are issues with that latency and less throughput. Second, cost. So instead of direct connectivity, which you don't pay, in the cloud, every packet or every kilobyte you pay. And that cost is 
you know, being rolled down in licenses for the customers. Uh, you know, the, the ZTNA vendor will not pay for that. The, the costs there are significant, by the way. It's 10x in terms of networking cost versus just a direct connectivity. And then also, those, apply, those reverse proxy you put inside the network are NATed devices. So if you have a thousand users connecting, they all appear to come from one IP, which then all of your detection solutions inside are blind now. And that's just a, a bunch of those solutions. We do that very differently. So we said, how can we take the best of both? So we have a hybrid approach where we have a VPN server, let's call it. We call it the connect server. That's on the DMZ. It's on the perimeter. And the perimeter firewall does open it, you know, at least the, the VPN port to the internet. But we actually control its own firewall of that appliance, the host-based firewall, IP tables in this case, because it's a Linux thin appliance, and we block everything. So software defined, we block everything. It's not really on the internet. And when our agent connects to our cloud and you pass authentication and device at the station and anything else you want to verify based on various filters, then and only then we tell that box that you have, open your VPN port to that source public API I just saw that Richard or someone just authenticated from for a temporary amount of time to essentially just establish the connection directly. So just the control plane of who you are goes for us, and then we orchestrate a direct connectivity, if you will, right, without going through the cloud. So you get the benefit of zero trust, meaning the port is not open on the internet. Nobody can hack you. You're completely invisible to the world in terms of the remote access solution, but you benefit from the direct performance, lower cost, no natting, so everybody has their own network identity, so detection solutions are not blind. Essentially, you get the best of both VPN and ZTNA without their downsides. Yeah, I get it. I can't help but think of probably before your time when we used to use modems to connect computers to computers, and it was, there was a little switch on the modem that implemented dialback, so you'd flip it over, and now when you called a machine, the modem would see the incoming call and it would immediately hang up and call a pre-programmed number, which would was the only one allowed to make the connection. So hackers and people like me, when I was at PwC doing the war dialing, could never get in, right? Because we'd just get a, a hang up and dial tone. And it, it has that elegance that it fits with the way architecture is already built, right? So you'd rip your appliances out. If you had Ivanti and you've been told you've got till Saturday to tear them out, you could do that and replace them with with your solution. Exactly. And it's the same model, right? You don't yeah. expose yourself to a different architecture that then creates other issues. Yeah. Super elegant. I like it. And then you could, uh, yeah, you could monitor that traffic, right? If you had to, you could break the SSL and, yeah, yeah. and inspect the traffic. Yeah. So we have, you know, yeah. Traffic inspection, who is doing what, you can calculate in various rules. You know, you can also obviously, all of the, you know, the bells and whistles that you expect. Oh, you can only access that application and we make sure that you cannot access anything else, only that application, uh, things of that nature, yeah. Dynamic authentication if... Yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. We can invoke another MFA based on some conditions. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. So if what is involved if a customer goes, wow, this is just what we need. Uh, they call you up. Um, how long does it take to, or what's the process to get them onboarded? We just spin a tenant for them. And we, you know, give them a, a person to talk to just to explain how it works. And they deploy the virtual appliance. And within an hour or two, they start connecting remotely. That's it. And what if they don't have a corporate network at all and have already moved completely to the cloud? So they just put the virtual appliance in their VPC? Yes, exactly. So if you have a VPC cloud, you know, it's a, if you're only SaaS, you don't need VPN to any remote access to begin with, most likely, depending on the needs there. Right. Uh, but if you have right. a VPC, if you have essentially a data center that you don't pay for, but Microsoft or Amazon or Google pays for, then you still need to connect to it. Yeah, we just deploy the virtual appliance there. And same thing. Awesome. This is great, Benny. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming in. Also, thank you to everyone listening. We hope you took a lot away from today's podcast. For further information on what we've talked about, then please head on over to zeronetworks.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com.